0: Hello and welcome to another podcast with the Three Semi-Wisemen. I have here with me Mike and Curtis and I'm Chris and uh, we're continuing our series on characters of the Old Testament and today we'll be talking a little bit about Jacob and what we can learn from his story. Uh, We're skipping over large portions of it. Yes, Jacob is a very big story. uh, I think it's like five or six chapters in Genesis, maybe more. And... uh, (laughs) So we can't cover all of it, but um, I guess the most commonly told story of Jacob is the one where he deceives his um, father Isaac by, who's is, uh, blind, or nearly blind, by acting like his brother Esau, and who's the older brother, and through imitating his brother Esau, uh, receives the blessing of the first son, or the eldest son, the one that the eldest son would normally receive. And uh, there's many other interesting stories about Jacob, but that is, I guess, the most well-known. So, in relation to that, why did Jacob, the younger son, receive Isaac's blessing? I'm just gonna say that it's because, like, I could go into the story and say it's because he, he, because he pretended to be Esau, and. And got information about how Isaac wanted to bless Esau, and so he 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 um, turned it around and and went and um, schemed with his mom <laughs> in order to in order to get that blessing um, and dressed up and furry stuff because Esau was apparently very hairy and stuff. But I think I think it goes deeper than that to the just. God wanting that to be the way things are, but even when uh, Esau and Jacob were firstborn, um, God told Rebecca, Isaac's wife, that two nations are in your womb, and two nation or two peoples from within you shall be divided. One shall be stronger than the other; the older shall serve the younger. And so it's, it seems like just a prophecy there, but. But I think it's, I think that's just the way God designed it. And um, I get this from Romans 9. I'm going to start in verse 6 and continue for a ways. This explains the whole story from Abraham right down to Jacob. But it is not as though the word of God has failed. For not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel. And not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring. But... Through Isaac shall your offspring be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are children of God, but children of the promise are counted as offspring. For this is what the promise said. About this time next year I will return, and Sarah shall have a son. And that was, if you remember, Abraham's wife. And not only so, but also Rebecca had conceived children by one man, our forefather Isaac, though we were not yet born, and had nothing to do nothing had done nothing either good or bad in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of him who calls. She was told the older shall serve the younger and as it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated and actually this works so well. Um, that last quote, Jacob I loved and Esau I hated, is from Malachi, right at the very beginning. Chapter one, verse two and three. I have loved you, said the Lord, but you say, how have you loved us? Is not Esau Jacob's brother? declares the Lord. Yet I loved Jacob, but Esau I hated. I have laid waste his hill country and left his heritage to jackals of the desert. If Edom says, we were shattered, but we will rebuild the ruin, the Lord of hosts says, they may build, but I will tear down, and they will be called the wicked country and the people with whom the Lord is angry forever. Your own eyes shall see this and you shall say, Great is the Lord beyond the borders of Israel." And then Malachi just continues on explaining all the things that Israel's doing wrong and why he's disappointed with them. (laughs) And so you kind of like, okay so he's he's really mad against uh, the descendants of Esau but the descendants of Jacob, it, the Israelites. He's even though they're they're um, doing things that disappoint God and and make making angry. He's he's still just showing mercy because that's what he does. Even though uh, going back to the original story, Jacob is the deceiver. He's the one that. Um, um, I'm I'm going to the next question already. It's <laughs> not much these questions overlap, but even though Jacob's the deceiver. Uh, God decides to have His have mercy upon on on Jacob and and be be His God and continue to bless him, and so that just carries on with uh, Isaac's blessing. He let he lets Jacob get away with being the one with that gets the Isaac's blessing. I think, and so that's the best way I was able to answer that question because that was a really hard question to answer, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> See if Mike has a Well, the first half of my answer is exactly what you said. Oh,
1: quoting the prophecy and everything, um, and even going into it, the, the the story of him stealing his blessing is in Genesis twenty-seven, and in 27, 19 to twenty. Well, before that, um, Isaac tells Esau to go grab him, hunt get some food and prepare it, bring it to him. So, Rebecca goes and prepares a meal from the goats from their own flock to bring to him. And then Jacob goes in with it. And Jacob said to his father, "I," or, Isaac asks who it is, and Jacob says to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Now sit up and eat of my game, that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? He answered, Because the Lord, your God, granted me success. And that also kind of shows that the prophecy is obviously a much stronger showing of how God let it happen. But God could have let Esau have quick success as well, but he doesn't. He keeps him out of the tent until the blessing is done. And then he comes in afterwards. And then I go more into why did God choose Jacob rather than Esau. And if you look at Esau, he's not really the character that God... Was choosing to reveal himself through um, Abraham and Isaac were both very smart, kind of clever, uh, social men. They both lied because they knew how to manipulate people, um, but they also found favor with people in the lands that they spent in. Esau, you, I see him more kind of like Samson. He's this big brute of a man. He's a hunter. Sam, God uses Samson as well, but Samson doesn't really accept the spirit, he just does violent things and <laughs> makes bad choices. And Esau is more of a kind of brute man throughout this kind of first part of where he is the firstborn, and so he's expecting the inheritance. He doesn't really seem reverent or really aware of God, He he's very, his instincts control him, he sells his birthright because he's hungry for some stew. Mm-hmm. Um, which obviously Jacob revered, uh, coveted that birthright more than Esau did he wanted that birthright more than Esau did because he just sold it away for some stew uh, it also says in chapter 26 before the blessing that well, I'll just read it in 26:34 to 35 when Esau was 40 years old he took Judith the daughter of Barry the Hittite to be his wife and Basmath the daughter of Elon the Hittite and they made life bitter for Isaac and Rebekah so he marries outside of Abraham's family and marries from other nations which God doesn't want them to do and they both cause trouble for his parents who's not really honoring his mother and his father because they're causing troubles with his wives that are from outside of the family. Whereas Jacob is following the tradition. He's that deceiver again. He's a manipulator but he's very smart, very clever man. He marries within the tribe later after he receives the blessing and all this. So Jacob was much more similar to his forefathers and the people that God was choosing to reveal himself through.
0: Yeah, uh, That was one of my things I wanted to say was just that Esau's character is uh, like we don't know anything about Jacob before he deceives Isaac, but before Jacob deceives Isaac we know that Esau is not that great of a guy because <laughs> mm. of his wives and causing his parents grief. And uh, it says that the mother favored Jacob and Isaac favored Esau, but only because he liked wild game. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Esau fed me. <laughs> yeah. So there might be some sort of character disparity, even though Jacob's a deceiver. Like... Maybe he had better character than Esau, I don't know. At least he was only a deceiver. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. He <laughs> a choosing with the lesser of two evils, perhaps. Yeah. The, I guess uh, another reason that the younger son receives Isaac's blessing is um, we see in, uh, I guess, Deuteronomy that God, when he you know gives the law to the Israelites and how to live, he's, he outlines that the son first sworn son receives double portion and all that and uh so it seems strange at first that I mean this is pre deuteronomy, but it still seems strange that uh, God, who made this law would ask would make it or would prophesy that the second son would be the greater. I think it's kind of like the Sabbath where you know Jesus says he is Lord of the Sabbath, and so God is Lord of this rule about the firstborn son being the one to receive the inheritance, and so that rule is subject to his will and his authority. And also, God chooses the lowly things. He likes to uh, confound human wisdom and uh, surprise us, I guess, and show us that we don't know anything. <laughs> um, in First Corinthians one twenty-seven to twenty-nine, uh, it says, "It says, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise." God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things, and the things that are not, to nullify the things that are that are, so that no one may boast before him. And so I think this story where God chose Jacob is an example of him choosing the lowly things and the things that man doesn't expect. Yeah, um uh, I guess uh this is related to the first question in a way, but um, we see that Jacob was a deceiver and yet we can also see that he received an incredible blessing from God so what does this tell us about God's character? Jacob he, he gets he gets this blessing, the promise from God before in Genesis 28, 13 I am the Lord your God, the fa- God of Abraham your father and the God of Isaac the land on which you lie I will give you and to your offspring you shall your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth and you shall spread abroad in the west and the east and the north the south. and south and in your in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed behold I am with you and I will keep you wherever you go and I will be bringing you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you and it's a very similar promise to what was made to Abraham and Isaac, and in fact, it's pr- pretty much the same thing. And so, I'm going to bring this to Jacob's wrestling with God in Genesis 32, because Gen- the situation which they're in is where Jacob is is feeling pretty desperate. <laughs> he does part of his deception. He was he uh, Made his father-in-law really, really mad, and so he's running away and getting chased. So they they resolve that issue, and and Laban his father-in-law catches up, and and they resolve that issue. But then right away, he's suddenly afraid of Esau his brother again, who's coming, and and in the midst of like, okay, we got one conflict solved, another conflict about to come up. Suddenly he's wrestling with God and asking and and asking or basically begging for that blessing which is I guess just the the promise that God gave him I don't know <laughs> I don't know what other because Jacob had had all this wealth from his deception and manipulation of things with with his father-in-law which is why he's getting chased and so I think it's just when when they're wrestling one God touches his hip and, and puts out a joint and then two, he goes and changes his name he changes it twice, he changes it again later on but I think it's just another confirmation of what he's done here and that he changes his name from Jacob which is a deceiver to Israel which is wrestle or someone who struggled with God and I think part of the bless, blessing is God just, part of his, God's character revealed in, in blessing Jacob is just his desire to to desire to change people which comes in humili hum I guess humbling though, in the sense that Jacob Jacob's hip was put out of place and so now he's lame for the rest of his life. And then and then changing his name to something that's so much better than being <laughs> called a deceiver. <laughs> Imagine being going around your entire life and Everyone knows you're going to deceive them because that's your name. <laughs> <laughs> you're like just setting yourself up to be distrusted, and God's in the business of blessing and changing people, and and that's part of that's part of Romans 9, which I quoted earlier, which which if you continue from where I ended on verse 14, what shall we say? Is is there injustice in God's part? By no means. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy and compassion on whom I have compassion. So it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. And so God God just he, <laughs> he sees the situation um Jacob's in and how much he desires the blessing from him and and God just decides to have mercy on him. And so so I think it just shows that God God sees when we're in our most desperate need and, he's, and he's, there to, he's there to have mercy and it might mean uh, displaced hip, <laughs> permanent, permanent disability but that's God's choice, mercy. <laughs> I wonder if that's anything like uh, Paul's thorn in the flesh which apparently he had for his seemingly the rest of his life. My first point is that it shows that God is in
1: control and that he is faithful he prophesies well to prophesy, he tells Rebecca. I guess God doesn't really prophesy, he just tells you how it is. <laughs> 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 God tells Rebecca that Jacob's gonna rule over Esau and it happens, so he's in control. And he uses uh, sin, like lying and deception, to further his will. Uh, unlike Abraham's lie to who was, it, was it, Pharaoh or the king? One or the other. That Sarah wasn't his wife. Abimelech. Okay, so the king. <laughs> that uh, Sarah wasn't his wife. And then God just afflicts the king. And so not really much will was moved from that lie. And then Isaac does the same lie, but to Pharaoh. And not much of his will is really moved from that lie. But then you have Jacob who God has chosen to rule over Esau, and he uses Jacob's lie against Isaac, who Isaac loves Esau more than Jacob, and yet ends up blessing Jacob because of a lie. It's almost like a a punishment on (laughs) Isaac. You've lied. Your son is going to lie to you and ruin your blessing. Um, And so God uses sin and evil like that to... move his will and he's faithful to his promise and he is in complete control the other one which chris kinda touched on last question was how he uses the low and the humble um, and that allows himself to be glorified more so he tends to use the younger rather than the firstborn at the beginning he uses isaac even though he was born second and jacob even though he was born second and joseph was born like fifth or sixth, but was the firstborn of mm-hmm. the woman Jacob really loved. Um, but again, not. Isn't he like the
0: last one?
1: No, Benjamin no. was the last.
0: Oh okay.
1: Yeah, he was. Cause Leah had like four or five. Yeah, before. And then Rachel well, finally yeah.
0: had one. Talk about Joseph next week, so I'll get to the study up. <laughs> <then. laughs> and then
1: Rachel had one, which was Joseph. And I think Leah had another. And then Rachel's servant had a couple. And then Leah's servant had a couple. And then Rachel had Benjamin, I think was the very last one. He's the youngest, so that's why it's always because it's the smallest tribe, because it's, it's Benjamin. But, uh, yeah, so he uses all oh, these yes. people. And then again, I'm actually trying the Benjamin as an example. They take the smallest... Um, Consider the least important tribe, and there Saul comes, the first king, comes out of Benjamin. And then in the New Testament, he uses a teenage mom out of wedlock and Mary to give birth to the Savior to the world. He uses a bunch of uneducated commoners, fishermen, and tax collectors um, as disciples and to start his church. And he uses a Pharisee who is persecuting his people and persecuting. The way, as his main reach out into the Gentiles, and so he's using these sinners, these low, humble people, and that brings more glory to God. The fact that he's so powerful that he can use the weak, the shame, the strong,
0: and what not. I guess the the first thought I had when I asked you this question was, uh, it might seem that God is unjust in richly blessing. Uh, a liar and a thief essentially, but it's, I think it's quite the opposite. Um, You you were already talking about this, Mike, that uh, there's this this trend of deception in their family line, and I think that is part of God repaying evil, like receiving your just reward or you reap what you sow, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And as you said, like we see that with Abraham and then in Isaac's life, I think Isaac may have been deceptive in when he talks to Esau, Esau and says, uh, go get me some game and I'll give you my blessing. We see, uh, what's his wife's name? Rebecca. Rebecca, yeah. We see Rebecca, she's listening in. So it almost seems as if he's doing it in secret. And then, of course, Jacob is a deceiver. He, re- he deceives Isaac. And then Jacob is deceived by Laban, with uh, Lee and Rachel, um, and then Jacob's sons. Um, there's a story with their sister Dinah, which they deceive a whole city and kill them for uh, raping their sister Dinah, essentially. And so there's just this terrible trend of deception in their whole family line. So basically God had no one but dece- deceivers and deception... Deceptive people to choose from. (laughs) Yeah. Like, this deceptive person or that deceptive person. So he used used the lowly things, the deceivers. All the sons lied about
1: Joseph. Said he was killed by a wild animal when they sold him. Yeah, or sold him. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. We also see some interesting blessings. Um, After Jacob receives the blessing from Isaac, we see Jacob has these incredible encounters with God. Like he's, he just he leaves um, uh, his father and his, that family, and uh, he sees this stairway up to heaven, and angels are descending it, and he hears God's voice. And then uh, Curtis already mentioned this. We we see him wrestle with God, and his name change is changed to Israel, and so he gets a whole new identity essentially because. Like you were saying, when somebody sees a person named Jacob, they know that person is a liar because names were your identity in that time. I think that this really reveals to us that how our, we have a redeeming God. Like he redeems Jacob, gives him a new name, and he like he redeems like terrible situations. Like we can think of uh, Solomon, who was born out of adultery and murder. And he was the chosen of all of David's sons to be king. And he was a great king with wisdom that has never been surpassed by another man. Until he got married. Thousands yeah. of times. Yeah. <laughs> Tens of times. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that we can really see uh, God's promise in Romans 8.28 through the whole story of Jacob and his line. Uh, it says, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew... No, I don't have to read <laughs> <Just laughs> the rest. Uh, in all things, whether whether it's deception or murder or anything, God works for good. And he definitely did a lot of good out of Jacob's family and Jacob. And uh, I guess lastly, we see, I saw... I think we can see God's faithfulness in uh, like you were saying Curtis like all that God is deceivers essentially and yet God still kept his promise to Abraham like there's no there's no one righteous among you to choose there's no one good among you to choose but I promised to Abraham that I would rise up a nation from him and from his son Isaac and so he keeps his promise. (laughs) So I guess lastly um, we've already talked about this bit we see Jacob wrestling with God so should we like Jacob wrestle with God yes it won't be probably I'd be very suspicious if you ended up wrestling with a a physical (laughs) I think your hips out of whack yeah (laughs) (laughs) I think you just fell down the stairs (laughs) but in 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 a sense we should still wrestle with God but and I think for the very same reason that that Jacob was wrestling with God, for the promise, even though like God God um, like displaces his hip, and then he still Jacob wouldn't let go still, even though he was maimed. Um, he's and then he says, "I'm not going to let you go until you bless me." And and so God changes names and blesses him, but obviously we hold, to a, we hold to a different promise, we're not we're not promised necessarily like physical offspring that will turn into a nation but we have a a different promise and I think um, Ephesians 1 probably summarizes it the best, it's my it's my favorite way of summarizing our, our our promise as Christians from God. Blessed be the God and Father our Lord Jesus Christ who blessed us in christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavy places even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him in love he predestined us for adoption as sons through jesus christ according to the purpose of his will to the praise of his glorious grace which he blessed us in the beloved in him we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things to himself, things in heaven and on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who worked all things according to the consult of his will so that we who are the first to hope in Christ might be the praise of his glory. In him you also when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, and believed in him were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory? So that's it's like blessing after blessing, just God pouring out richly upon us grace and and mercy and 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 giving us the Holy Spirit as a guarantee of an inheritance that we have. Uh, it's a it's a different inheritance, not a physical kingdom necessarily, but it's a it's a heavenly kingdom which I mean will translate into it. Physical kingdom eventually but um it's just we have this we have this immense promise and, and immense blessing from God and it's the exact same he chose us before the creation of the world just like he chose Abraham Isaac and Jacob even though there wasn't necessarily anything specially good about them he chose out of his mercy and his plan to to take these people and use them to to um to bless the nations and all the families of the earth, eventually through Jesus. So where does the wrestling come in with this? Is when we we reach the same point Jacob was in, where life just ceased. where we've messed up to the point where we where everything seems to be going haywire. Whatever, our, maybe we're not necessarily deceptive, but we just keep running into the same sin over and over again, and it's ruining our life. And we have, and all we have left is God, and we have to fight with the fact that 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 we're we're chosen by Him. We have this blessing in Him, and we we can only get what we really that true blessing from Him. And so that that will require wrestling. And um, I think Philippians 2 12 and thirteen summarize this probably the best. Therefore, beloved, as we have always, as you have always obeyed, so now not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work, for His good pleasure. And so it's this—it's this command by Paul to wrestle with your salvation, the the promises you receive, the fact that you've been um, saved and redeemed, and 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 are adopted—all these things that come with salvation—and and, and wrestle with that and. And know that God is at work in that he's 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 changing your identity like with Jacob he's changing from whatever fill in the blank whatever you're known for and he's turning into a child of God and so that can be any number of things for many of us but um, it changes the way we act and the way our attitudes and the way we think and talk and and as we change our identities, like I, I was trying to look ahead. I was quickly scanned; I didn't really look too in depth. But it seems like Jacob really doesn't have much of a deception problem after his names changed. <laughs> he sort of his life really is changed, and mm-hmm. and so um, I think like we just reach that place where we just God is all we have, and and He He's at work and are wrestling with Him, and and so it it's. It's good that we wrestle with God, we wrestle with the promises that he's that he's made to us and and the blessing that that we should have in him and um, uh, I think when you look through parts
1: uh, psalms when david is is in the cave and he's crying out to God and he's struggling with what God's will is, and then Jesus in the garden. Is struggling with what's God's will. As we wrestle with God over His will, we see Abraham, kind of fighting with words, over God's will for Sodom and Gomorrah, saying, "Well, what if there's fifty righteous? What if there's forty righteous? What if there's thirty And down and down. Um, so I think we wrestle with God over, over Him revealing His will to us, and, and wrestle with probably more with ourselves and with God over what our role is with that. But we wrestle with him to reveal his will and what he wants for us. Um, so similar to what Curtis was saying, wrestling for that for that promise and Yeah, there's that. And then I think one thing that we wrestle with God that we shouldn't wrestle with God is over I guess it's almost over his will as well, in a different sense in that we look at his word and it says you know, you should do this, and they're like, "Well, why shouldn't we do this?" That seems unjust, and like one of the a couple of the big things nowadays is is abortion and and homosexual marriage. is like, well, that doesn't seem just. That doesn't seem like equal rights, but that God said that, and yet we create this gray area because we wrestle with Him over what He has commanded us to do. Hmm. So I think that's one way in which we should should wrestle with God is is his will and, and knowing him and knowing God will always be a struggle and will always be a wrestle because of how finite we are and how infinite God is there's no way that during our lifetime until God comes back or Jesus is standing before us can we fully know God because we are finite and it's not until we're infinite as well because of God's grace that we can fully know God. So it's a struggle. Again, not necessarily with God, but with our own limited capabilities of doing that.
0: Interesting. I. Uh... So it looks like you're kind of taking the perspective of wrestling with God, like you know, trying to figure something out for your in your head, or
1: mm-hmm.
0: trying like struggling to understand God's word, which we should struggle to understand God's word. I I perceived wrestling more as uh, an effort to like conquer or so more of like a fight. Um, And so my answer is that no, we shouldn't wrestle with God in that regard. (laughs) (laughs) I guess first of all, we see that Jacob sends his family across the river and then there's this guy and they start wrestling. We, We don't see Jacob seeking out to fight with God. God shows up and, I think, picks a fight with Jacob, essentially. Um, I mean, it doesn't say how they started fighting, but God showed up. Jacob didn't call God down to fight him or anything. Go <laughs> <You'll> get me! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, so, it was, I think it was God initiating that fight, and I think that, like, you were saying, we wrestle and to transform our mind and uh, try to... Understand and I guess uh, bring to life what we've heard in a way, and so I think God came to wrestle with Jacob because Jacob had been wrestling with God his whole life. I think it, like we see him constantly deceiving. Like you think maybe after he saw the stairway to heaven, he'd be like, "I should change my ways and <laughs> stop lying or whatever." But he he was still wrestling with God at least on this issue of deception and uh we see that God when he was wrestling with Jacob he just touches his hip and he's injured. Like it was nothing for God. He just touched him. Mm-hmm. And I think God was showing uh Jacob humility in this wrestling match that you can't wrestle with me. There's like I mean we've been going for a while, but really all I have to do is touch you and you're you're done. <laughs> but what I think what we can imitate from this is that Jacob didn't let go of God and I don't really think that is wrestling like I don't like he's he's grabbing onto God and saying I'm not letting you go till you bless me and I think we see a really good illustration of that in uh, Luke chapter 18 when Jesus is telling a parable he says it says then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a please, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because, of this, w- because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And so, I think this is what Jacob is doing essentially when he holds on to God for that blessing. He's like this woman pleading and entreating God to bless, to bless him and so we should do the same thing with we should not be afraid to pray about something more than once but I guess additionally we shouldn't pray like the pagans do with extended long prayers and babbling uh, which is talked about in Matthew. And in Ephesians uh, 6.12 it says that our struggle is against powers of the dark world. Our struggle isn't against God. If it is against God, then we are the powers of this dark world, <laughs> essentially. And uh, I, I'm sure we've all had the verse, of God is for us, who can be against us? Or I'm not sure if it's a verse or a saying, I think it's a verse. It's a verse. Yeah, okay. Romans 8. Yeah, Romans 8, there you go. And so, don't be against God, <laughs> essentially.
1: I think if you look at Jacob, you can see, like, deception is, he's trying to control yeah. everything and it's the same with Abraham. He was trying to control his own safety by lying, so he didn't trust in God.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: they, Isaac did the same lie, so it's the same thing. And then Jacob is trying to control everything. He wants the birthright, so he makes Esau trade it for stew. He wants the blessing, and so he pretends to be Esau. He lies. He wants the, as much of the, uh, his flock as they can get, so he right. lies and does this trickery to make the flock his. And so he's trying to control everything. And then God comes and wrestles with him. And maybe God's is like, you know, letting him struggle a bit, makes him think he's in control, touches his hip. And then he sees that, you know, I, I can't be in control. I can't control over God because he controls all. And then he grabs on and asking for that blessing shows that, you know I, I know I can't control anything, so I'm asking you to bless me to know that you're going to control things for me. Is almost a type of manipulation but also a realization of of that he can't do it himself and that he needs God
0: yeah hmm. and also like the fact that Jacob was maimed and it stuck with him for the rest of life like I think when we encounter God i think you could sort of say the same thing like you you become you become a maimed your 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 ability to to um think your your pride and 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 just thinking you're great or whatever it is like god god just sort of strips that from you and you feel like you just you're you're limping now, <laughs> you don't you don't know you don't know. Like, always knowing that something that sticks with you for the rest of your life that sh- that you aren't in control anymore, and I, and it's this constant reminder. And I like I don't know when when pride when your pride is being wounded, it doesn't it doesn't come back very quickly usually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> usually you don't want you, you're really cautious before. Uh, before thinking of yourself really great, once you've once you've reached some some level that you're like, man, I'm I'm like the best, and suddenly something happens which brings you down low again, and you're like, I'm not want to think of myself like that, for forever. But <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. so yeah, yeah. I had just one last thought, I guess. Um, when uh, God promised. We see Rebecca has her son uh, Jacob, or Esau and Jacob at the same time. And we see the promise where God's like, you know, the older was serve the younger. And then the mother and Jacob, they take God's prophecy and they don't, they didn't trust him with it. They, they decided we have to make this thing happen ourselves. Um, and so they lied and deceived to fulfill God's will if they hadn't done that, God could have, and would have, fulfilled his will in his own way. God does what he wants. <laughs> we yeah. have no yeah. control over it. It's yeah. <laughs> like we were talking about with our small group last night. We pointed out the um, Romans 8 where it says that some we don't know what to pray for, but, but God and Jesus is interceding for us. So we're like, we were just sitting there going so we can't even pray properly God has to take care of our prayers for us (laughs) like that's how I was trying to end on a happy note and then someone brought this up and said we're all pathetic because we can't even pray properly (laughs) well so much for the happy note (laughs) at least we have Jesus interceding for us yeah that's That's where our faith comes from (laughs) it is a happy note though when I am weak then I am strong because God's at work yeah yeah I think it's I mean, it it can be depressing that, oh, we're powerless, but I think it's just really encouraging that we're allowed to be totally powerless and God still uses us. Yeah. All
1: right. I always get to end it. Uh, Check out the blog, 3semiwiseman.wordpress.com, our Facebook page, 3 Podcast, and subscribe to us on iTunes. This is Mike, Chris, and Curtis.
0: See ya.